Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm so happy that you've chosen to listen in today to This Week in the Word at dredhill.podbean.com. We are in a series called Complete in Christ from the New Testament letter to the Colossians. Complete in Christ, episode 5, God's Mystery Revealed. This is the episode for Sunday, February 18, 2024. Have you ever run into a group of people that basically had the attitude, or maybe they even told you, that there was a secret that they knew that you didn't know. But if you would treat them real nice, like, maybe they would let you in on the secret. You know, you're on the outside, but you can be on the inside, maybe, if you play your cards right, and basically you uh, you follow everything we think, do, and say. High school's a lot like that, isn't it? <laughs> Being in the clique or outside the clique. Well, there was a church in New Testament times. It was a church, a group of believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, in a city called Colossae in Turkey. And they were being told by false teachers, even though the Colossian believers were true believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, they were being told by false teachers who were trying to influence them that, well, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you trust in Jesus Christ, and he's great and everything, but there's things that that we know that you haven't been told about, and you don't know them, and if you follow us, you could be even more spiritual. And they looked at the Lord Jesus Christ as like a like, uh, think of him as a stepping stone in a lengthy journey to God. Well, that, of course, is not how the Lord Jesus Christ is portrayed in the New Testament, how he portrayed himself, or what is even true. <laughs> so, and we'll see that here today. But this church was having to, to fend off and defend itself against these false teachers. Now, I'm going to say what they were, and I don't care if you remember their name beyond this, but I just wanted you to know the kind of things they taught. So they were the Gnostics, and they taught that that man could only come to God through intermediaries. And these intermediaries, I believe, if they even existed, were demonic beings, fallen angels, who would give super secret spiritual wisdom to those that that basically worship them instead of Christ and that it was all false of course but I mean it was it was persuasive to people who didn't fully understand their completeness in Christ. Something similar to that today, although I don't know a lot about it, but the little bit that I know about it is something called Scientology. And Scientology, I think, was founded by L. Ron Hubbard. And L. Ron Hubbard basically laid out a system. I, I'll just assume he believed it was really real and really true. But he laid out a system uh, whereby you have to get into beings that existed before, get in touch with them, and 
you know, have all these things happen spiritually. And it was just, it was just, it's a very unusual belief system. Scientology, it's a lot like that. And I'm told it's very expensive. So Scientology or even the Masons, Masonic orders have very intricate and, you know, dark <laughs> secrets and blood oaths and this kind of thing and um, so-called superior knowledge and wisdom. And the average Mason probably doesn't even understand this, but people like um, Albert Pike and others who are experts, who are Masons themselves and experts on Masonry, were very open about this in their secretive writings. Scientology, Masons, Mormons, most I would think that most people who attend a Mormon church really have no idea what Mormonism actually is about. And if you are Mormon today and you're saying, what are you, what are you talking about? You need to do some research. And you're going to find out things that you didn't know you didn't know about Mormonism. But it's also a very uh, complicated system that that really is not the New Testament gospel. It's not the New Testament Jesus, or even things like the Kabbalah that uh, many Hollywood actors and many other people follow, and it's kind of a mix of spiritual and scripture and occult stuff all mixed together, and it's just a mess, all right? So anyway, even if you're just in high school, there are people who will have the attitude of, listen, uh, there's a secret. We know what it is. You don't know what it is. But if you will get in line behind us, may, we'll think about showing you what the secret is. Well, listen, that's completely ridiculous. All right. So let's go to Colossians 1. And we are finishing the first chapter of Colossians today. Hey, if it's your first episode with us, it's very new in the series. This is only the fifth episode, so I invite you to go back and listen to episodes one, two, three, and four, and you will really be up to speed with us. But you'll remember that we left off in last week's episode where Paul is talking about the church, the body of Christ. So that's what's in verse 24, just before we're going to read verse 25 today. So Paul writes here in Colossians 1, starting in verse 25, and we're going to go all the way through verse 29 and finish the first chapter of Colossians today. Whereof, that is, uh, you know, of, of the church, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery of which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. And let's just stop there before we go any further. All right, so let's break out what we've just read. Where have I made a minister? Paul was a servant of the gospel. He was a servant of Christ, and he was really a servant of the church at Colossae. He was there to, to minister for their good, and he was made a minister. You know, the Apostle Paul, nowhere did he walk up and volunteer to the Lord Jesus Christ to be the Apostle Paul. He was drafted against his will. <laughs> he was saved 
on the Damascus Road and, and the events there in uh, Damascus when he got there. And once, once he met Christ, of course, he wanted to be a Christian, but the Lord had even bigger plans for the Apostle Paul that he would be made a, a, uh, an apostle and he would be a minister, a servant of Christ and a servant of the churches, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God. Now, this is a, a way that God chooses to work in a, in a given period of time. Many people today mock and they make fun of biblical dispensations, but here is the word right here in the Bible according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you. So there was a, a, a certain order of things, a certain administration, a certain plan that God has specifically for the Apostle Paul, and it involved the New Testament churches, the new churches that were being formed right after the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ back to heaven with a promise that he is coming again. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Now this means to, to uh, make, make the word of God fully known to the New Testament world. That is a tall order, is it not? And this was, this was the economy that's uh, the English word for the Greek word that where we get the English word dispensation from. This was the economy, the plan, the, the administration, the system that God had in mind for, specifically for the Apostle Paul in relation to bringing the full word of God to these new churches. Verse 26, even the mystery... What does that mean? Even the mystery. You know, a lot of you who are listening, you like a good mystery, a who done it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, where a a a problem or a crime or something that people don't understand needs to be solved. Well, this word here, even the mystery, in the Greek language, in Greek thought, New Testament thought. A mystery was something, and it doesn't mean that it was unable to be known, like some people think of a mystery, but it means a, a, a truth, you know, like a state of being, the isness of what is, which, which has to be revealed in order to be known. It can be known, but, but you as a human on your own will never crack the code on the mystery, even the mystery, which hath been hid from ages and from generations. And I like where it says from ages as eons. That's, that's one of the favorite words of the Gnostics. Like, oh, it's, it, it'll take you eons and you'll have to go through eons and intermediaries and this one and that one and this angelic being and that one on working your way to God, which is all untrue. But he takes the word they were using and he uses it in the correct way, the truthful way right here. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. 
it was never made known to the Gnostics. They would have rejected it anyway. And it doesn't have anything to do with all these intermediaries. It's God's mystery. And when the time came, in other words, the, the church... Uh, being born in the New Testament was was a mystery in the Old Testament. It wasn't revealed or shown there. There may be vague glimpses of that idea slightly, but I mean, you just, in reading the New Testament, you will not see it being talked about that a church would be born. Even the mystery, which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest. In other words, it is revealed. Think of something that's, you you know, you can see it's there, but it's a mystery. You don't know what it is, like a big cover over it, a tarp, let's say. And when that tarp is removed, like think of a, a master's painting. So he's got this masterpiece, but before he unveils it to the public, is covered, and then they remove the veil and everyone can see the masterpiece. That's the idea here. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. So who are these saints, by the way? Are they people who have been especially holy and done great deeds in the name of Christ and maybe were martyred for it? No. I mean, although those those people exist, obviously, in church history, but that's not what it's talking about here. The saints are the holy ones of God. These are the people who've trusted Christ, and they're set apart especially for God. I mean, that is, they're, they're believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're important to God. That would be you and me if we're Christians. God made this mystery openly revealed to us, Forget the Gnostics. They don't even know what they're talking about. Whether it's Scientology, Masons, Mormons, anybody into the Kabbalah or anything like that. Any human system that promises you, if you will only memorize it and guide your life by it, you will eventually find God. That's not true. This is the truth. And it's already been shown to Christians. (laughs) So let me put it this way. The Gnostics, these false teachers... I'm quoting the commentator on the Bible named Vaughn. He said, they believe the way of salvation to be so involved that it could be understood only by a select few who made up sort of a spiritual aristocracy. You know, these were spiritual elites like, hey, you're too stupid to understand the gospel and come to Christ and be saved. But if you'll you'll get with our program, you know, we'll handle all that for you because you're obviously unfit to understand these truths that only we understand. Listen, if you're around anybody who's treating you that way in spiritual terms, or really in any way, you need to get around somebody else. Okay? That's somebody who's trying to gain an advantage over you. Now this mystery that's spoken of here in verse 26 is going to be going to be more defined in the next verse but hang on listen the the mystery the gnostics couldn't know that mystery because for aeons and generations what did the bible just tell us it was hidden by god they couldn't know it they were just guessing or making it up as they went this mystery was concealed by god 
but it's now revealed by God in the New Testament and not to the Gnostics. God skipped them completely. So the Gnostics and anybody similar to them, and I've tried to give you some examples, they do not have any super secret knowledge that you need. There is no spiritual decoder ring that they can give you so you can understand spiritual things. Everything that you need to understand, and I'm not saying we'll always it will always be fully understood, but you can begin to understand it at least. Everything you need to know is between the pages of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. And I'll make you a deal. Hey, why don't you work on mastering that? And then if you have any time left over, you can think about these other guys, but you won't have time left over, so I'm not worried about it. You need to forget about these other guys even if they have a super secret handshake, doesn't matter. There's nothing that a human system has that it can give you in place of what God has already given us in Christ in the Bible. And if you're looking any other place other than Jesus Christ as revealed in the Bible, you are wasting your time and you will probably end up being deceived. Verse 27, and, and actually, let, let's go back and read 25, 26, and 27, and this will make even more sense to you. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Oh, let's, let's break out verse 27 then. So this mystery, God has revealed that to his saints, which included the people in the church at Colossae, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, and here it is, which is, what is it? Christ in you, the hope of glory. That is a certainty that we will go to heaven. Let's put it like that. So think about it. These false teachers have been saying, if you just learn our system and pay us a lot of money, if you just learn our system and pay us even more money, um, if you learn our system, then eventually you too can get to God like we have. Forget them. Forget about it. <laughs> They don't have any idea what they're talking about. This mystery God kept hidden, even from them, and he's only revealed it now in New Testament times, and it was to those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, to the saints. And he defines that mystery in even more specific terms. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. So these these were non-Jews. There's only 
two groups of people in the Bible. Think of it this way. Jewish people and people who aren't. There's the Jewish people and there's non-Jewish people. Well, the mystery is how, you know, you can see in the Bible how the Lord's working with the Jewish people. But what about these Gentiles? Well, that's not deeply explained in the Old Testament. You can't really see it. But the mystery is, is that God would save Gentiles and that Jesus Christ would dwell in them like he dwelt in these new Christian believers in the church in Colossae, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see, the Gnostics, these false teachers were saying, you know, if you just follow our system, then eventually, eventually, maybe you can get to God. And Paul says, that's silly. Jesus, who is fully God, as we've already seen in Colossians, uh, all the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily in the Lord Jesus Christ. We've already seen that. And this Christ, when you trust him as your Savior and Lord, is God. He comes to live in you. It's not about getting to him. You believe in him, and he becomes a resident in your life. And that's a guarantee that we're going to spend eternity with him in heaven. You know, A.T. Robertson, the great Greek scholar at Southern Seminary, many, 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 many decades and years ago, said, this is the crowning wonder to Paul that God had included the Gentiles in his redemptive grace. He'd included the non-Jews even in his redemptive grace. We know about Israel, the Jewish people, but God had this mystery which wasn't revealed in the Old Testament that he was going to save the Gentiles. In fact, he would save Jew and Gentile and make out of them one new man, which is called the church. This was unseen in the Old Testament. Now, the part it says there, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Think about it this way. When you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ is, is in you then, not in stages. It's not about if I could just become more and more and more spiritual and go through these angels, so-called angels, which I think were demons, but if I go through these spiritual beings, ascended masters, if I could just reach nirvana, I'll reach God. That's silly. Why would you do any of that when Christ already lives in you if you're a believer in Christ? You wouldn't. You don't even need it, and it's not real. And you have the assurance of heaven, not just the aspiration of, well, I hope so. No, you can know so. Christ is in you, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, if you're not a Christian, Jesus Christ does not live in you. And you need to place your faith in him, which will cause you by his power to be born again, where you have a new spiritual life, and he lives in you and through you. And you can know from that point that you're going to heaven. Now, if everything I've said is true about the gospel and this mystery 
and Christ being in the believer, that uh, the person who believes in him, living in him, if all of this is true, it means that we need to be doing something about it. And that's the way the Apostle Paul felt in Colossians 1, uh, verse uh, 28 and 29. Now listen to, you know, if, if you're a Christian and you really believe and understand that you're now saved and Jesus lives in you and you're going to heaven and the gospel is real, it means we're going to, to be motivated by him to do something about this and do something with this. So in Colossians 1.28, we read, whom we preach. Now, who's that whom there? Jesus. Notice that the Apostle Paul didn't go from city to city, city giving book reviews, fancy speeches, uh, make people feel like they were living their best life now, whole nine yards. He didn't do any of that. Whom we preach, that is, he preached Jesus. Whom we preach, warning every man. This word warning means to, to, to like put something into the mind, like to counsel someone, like to get beside him and say, hey, listen, the gospel's true. You've got to, You've got to do something with Jesus. You can't just ignore him, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man. You know what that English word teaching, what uh, the Greek word is? It's the word for teaching. <laughs> Taking the word of God and teaching. So whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, Sophia, you know, the Gnostics, these false teachers, and it's still true today, whether it's some type of uh, yoga or it's Scientology or Masonry or any other thing that's not Christianity, um, they allege that they have some wisdom, and they don't. And, and anything they might have is demonic anyway. Whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man and all wisdom. Others, the apostle Paul had the wisdom in Christ and from the word of God. So if you're not majoring on Jesus Christ and his word, when you teach a Sunday school class or you preach a sermon or you're trying to share the good news of Jesus, it's got to be about him, right? From the word of God. Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect. That word there in Greek is a teleos, and it means like you, you reach a goal. And the goal is not, um, not the idea of we think of like just total perfection. Like there's never, never, he never does anything wrong, never says anything wrong. It's not that idea. It's the idea of you've reached the goal, and the goal is completeness, maturity. And where is that found? In Christ Jesus, not in some human system. That we may present every man perfect or complete in Christ Jesus. You know, something to think about to help you understand this whole thing. In, in theology, there's a couple of Latin terms. One is Deus absconditus and Deus revelatus. 
you know, if somebody absconds with something, they've, they've, uh, you know, they've stolen away with it. They're hiding it. They, you know, trying to take it from me. With Deus, of course, is God, but God absconditus means the hidden God. But the Greek term, excuse me, Latin term, Deus revelatus means the God revealed. Jesus Christ is Deus absconditus, the hidden God revealed. When you see Jesus Christ, you see all of the Godhead fully, all of the wisdom of God fully. There isn't anything in any other system that you could possibly learn or do that would exceed the majesty of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 29, whereunto I also labor. That word labor, the Greek word is laboring to the point of total exhaustion. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. So God was at work in Paul, but he was not at work in the pretenders, the false teachers. Whereunto I also labor. So he, in his gospel ministry, his preaching and teaching, he worked to the point of exhaustion. And that word striving, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, that's the Greek word agaz. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to say it today. But it's a Greek word that talks about wrestling. And it's wrestling to gain the mastery over the other wrestler. And it means complete battle level wrestling combat level wrestling, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working. That is not in Paul's labor or energy. You you were not to present Jesus and his word working out of your own energy. You'll run out of that. You'll wear out and it won't work anyway. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working. That's where we get our word energy from, which worketh in me mightily. So God was at work in Paul, and, and he was really hard at work in Paul, but he wasn't working through these false teachers, these pretenders at all. You know, sometimes I want to ask people, or I'm, I'm thinking right now, I want to ask you if you go to church and you think, man, I just don't know it, and there must be something I don't understand that I need to know. Well, if, if it is, it's going to be in Jesus Christ and between Genesis and Revelation in the Bible, not in any other system. But let me ask you a question. If you are a professing Christian or you're a religious person, you go to church a lot, have, have you come to the place in your church going that you know that you will go to heaven when you die? Now, someone who truly knows the Lord Jesus Christ and is growing in his word and walking with him, will say, I'm not perfect, but yeah, absolutely. I know that if I die today, I would be in heaven today. Is that because they're doing everything right and they're perfect? No, it's because Christ is in them. They are born again. They are saved, okay? But some of you listening who may have a church background 
might be saying, not really. In fact, I don't like to think about dying because I don't know where I'm going to go. I'm not sure I'm good enough to get into heaven yet. Let me save you a long chase. You're not, and you never will be. But that doesn't mean there's no hope for you. You are a candidate to be saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. Go to him today, repent of sin, ask him for real to be your Savior and Lord and come into your life. And if you're repenting of sin and you really mean this and you're trusting him, he will do it. You will be born again. And others of you are perhaps in other religious systems from various places in the world like Hinduism or Buddhism or you're practicing yoga as hard as you can or whatever. And you you know that if you die today, you're going to go to hell. You already know that. That's why you're working so hard in your religion. Hey, give it up. You're never going to work your way to heaven. You have to be sinless and perfect to live in heaven. But, but, but how could I ever be? You can't. But Jesus Christ paid that price. And when he comes to live in you, he borns you again. And you have his life living in you. You need to give all that other stuff up and you need to throw yourself helplessly on the Lord Jesus Christ to be your Savior and Lord. And you know what? He will not fail you. Many of you listening right now need to get questions answered. I'm going to give you a number twice. I want you to write it down, and I want you to call this number, and one of the counselors who answers will talk with you about your spiritual questions. Here we go, 888-388-2683, Call that number and speak with someone and get the spiritual help you need. Well, you know what? If I'm still here, I haven't died, haven't been raptured or double tapped by the deep state or whoever else is after me, I plan to be back next week and I'm going to be charged and ready in the Lord's power to bring to you episode number six of Complete in Christ. Before we go, I'd like to ask you to like this episode. If you've never done it before, follow this podcast. And I want to ask you to also share this episode with someone else right now. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye.